Listening to Halford and Bruff. We didn't come out anywhere near as desperate uh, uh, as, as they did, and consequently the result shows. What you're saying is Roberto Luongo's number should be retired, and he's more than just a Ring of Honor type of guy. Yeah, 100%. I feel like insult's the wrong word because it's still an honor. It's absolutely an honor. But to me, it's an honor that falls short of the standard he set here. Good morning, Vancouver. 604 on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, happy December to you. Yes, good morning. Uh, Andy, I know you love December 1st. Happy December to you as well. It's a magical time of year. And Laddie, good morning uh, to you as well. I know you're fired up from yesterday. Happy December. I'm glad you were able to put November in the rear view with all of your untethered rage. I'm not fired up at all. <laughs> Hello. Alfred and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. I mentioned we are coming to you live from the Kintech studios. Jason, tell the fine folks more about Kintech. Kintech footwear and orthotics. Tiger Woods needs Kintech. Mm-hmm. They are Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Experts in plantar fasciitis. Flat feet. Find, yeah, no, it's it's not. It's, it's We've learned that's it's, incorrect. It's more than that, you idiot. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, big show ahead on a Thursday. Uh, Canada and Morocco are going to kick off in about 55 minutes' time. Uh, we will get to the Canada story at 6.30 as sort of a lead-up to the match. We'll also do the soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed right there. All I'll say is uh, no Atiba Hutchinson, no Stefan Eustachio in the midfield for Canada today. So that's going to be a challenge. As for what's happening on the actual program today, 7 o'clock, George Richards from Florida Hockey now is going to join us. Tonight it is the Canucks and the Panthers. 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. It is also Luongo and Sedin Hall of Fame night which has taken a totally different road in light of yesterday's news. So we'll talk to George about the incoming Florida Panthers. Kind of a middling start to the season. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, the trade just worked out great. He's been great. Rest of the team, eh, not so much. So we'll talk to George about that at 7 o'clock. 7.30, Brandon Batchelor, play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks. So we'll get the Canucks side of things heading into tonight's game. At Rogers Arena, we'll look at some what happened at practice yesterday. See, uh, Bruce Boudreaux got a little testy at practice yesterday. I saw that, too. I wonder if Garland's going to play playing tonight, too. It could be Studnika in for Garland. Mm-hmm. That's what it might be. We'll have to wait and see until the morning skate and stuff like that. Today, uh, we'll ask th- Batch at 7.30. I think we might see the Riley Stillman experience back as well. Sure seemed like it yesterday at practice. So, again, that's another thing we can ask Batch at 7.30. 8 o'clock, Frank Saravalli is going to join us here on the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We can go around the league, look at some of the big stories. Stories, update his trade board, all that good stuff that you come and know to expect from Frank on a weekly basis. Uh, I mentioned it is the Canucks and Panthers, 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena. There are 10 other NHL games tonight. We've kind of put the NFL, like the third string quarterback on the show. Like number one has been Canucks. And then we've also done kind of 1A with soccer recently. So the football's really taking a backseat. Good Thursday night football game tonight. Bills, Pats, uh, 5-15, so there's something to watch as well. World Cup action, I mentioned. 
Canada, Morocco, and Belgium and Croatia kick off at 7 a.m. So we've been paying so much attention to this group. We finally get to see, get to see it come to an end today. Uh, and then in the 11 o'clock games, it's Spain and Japan. It's Germany and Costa Rica to decide who goes on to the round of 16. So it's a big show, obviously. We have a lot to get into. But first, we need to tell you what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? What happened? There are certain days in this wacky industry known as sports talk radio where you're looking at, a, at the next morning show and you're going, we're a, little, we're a little thin on news. We're a little thin on content. We're a little thin on games to discuss. And then from the heavens, the sports talk radio gods hand you <laughs> pure manna, the most perfect debate imaginable. And yesterday that was, and kudos to the Vancouver Canucks for making a story Roberto Luongo is going to be inducted into the Canucks Ring of Honor, Jason. That news was announced yesterday, late Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, we, we've had this debate plenty of times on the show already, and it always gets a bit contentious, um, which is funny because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's you go to the game, you're like, oh, what are those numbers about, right? Don't and say it doesn't about, matter when Greg Ballack is in That's attendance. true, actually. Yeah, he's been shaking no. in one spot all morning. Well, not, not, I'm shaking right now. I mean, it's it's sports, right? That's what I mean. It doesn't really matter. But uh, it is always fun to debate this stuff. Um, there's no real scientific formula for determining whether a player gets his number retired or if he goes into the ring of honor or if he gets nothing. At the end of the day, I think it's more of a gut feel. And obviously, the people that own the team have something to say about it because it's their team. Um, the The announcement yesterday said uh, that the induction of Roberto Luongo into the Ring of Honor was unanimously voted on by a distinguished group of ex-players, broadcasters, and other members of the hockey club. Didn't mention what that group was, who it was, who this distinguished group of ex-players, broadcasters, and other members of the hockey club was. But suffice to say, it created quite the furor on Twitter, Mm -hmm. uh, on other social media. I'm sure it was discussed on this very radio station. And I think what we should do, just to set the table on this, is just recap the history of retired numbers in Vancouver. Because we all know that the main argument that stemmed from this was... Ring of Honor is nice, but it's not for Roberto Luongo. Roberto Luongo's number should be retired. Right. So, just to be clear, like when they made the Ring of Honor over a decade ago, I don't think that it, everyone did it with the best intentions. Right. It was it was to celebrate guys that maybe necessarily wouldn't rise to the ranks of having their jersey retired, but it was meant to be a nice way to recognize some very important figures. In Canucks history, the unintended consequences of it (laughs) are that it essentially created two tiers, two classes, if you will, of franchise icons, the really good ones and then the good ones, but not good enough to be really good ones. And for fair or not, 
accurate or not, I think a lot of people look at the Ring of Honor and retired jerseys as that. Am I wrong? I don't think so. No, I'm, and and tonight it's going to be on full display because tonight right. the Vancouver Canucks are honoring the Sedins and Roberto Luongo for getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, the franchise deems the Twins jersey retirement worthy right. and Luongo merely Ring of Honor Ring of Honor worthy. Yeah. Do you think the Sedins are like, I don't really want to share the share the stage? Well, we call them row guys. <laughs> we call just, them yeah. please just not row make guys. direct eye contact with me. Yeah, yeah they're right. just kind of they're yeah. They're going to sit in separate rows. <laughs> There's going to be the Sedins in the front row, and they're going to get complimentary alcohol and the good food, and then Luongo's going to get, like, peanuts and, and popcorn, and, maybe. And, 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 a yeah, quart, yeah. and a quarter cup of Sprite that the, the stewardess pours into it. But that's what – look, it, we're joking, kind of, but that's the unfortunate thing mm. that's happened here is that I someone in the Canucks organization must have said – like when they had their board meeting, put their hand up. I'm like, uh, do we want to discuss the optics here? Do we want to discuss the timing? Yeah, like we're all we're going to celebrate them all at the same time together, together. <laughs> but then we're going to fundamentally separate them, literally in terms of how high they get to go up in the arena. <laughs> and I, I, I just kind of looked at it, and I was like, the other thing too was like, why did you feel the need to do the Ring of Honor thing now? Announce it, yeah. Yeah, they're not you, even gonna. You're, they're gonna celebrate it next season. Because I'll tell you what, Canucks, you have lots of games that you're gonna need to draw people to attend <laughs> this this year. You could do the Luongo thing in February and not tie it into this event, where again he's going directly up against, for lack of a better term, the Sedins, who already have twenty two and thirty three in the rafters. Well, you could have made the announcement at the beginning of la- of next season, right? If you could have made make, it any time. You could have made it any time. Any time. Uh, but just to get back to the history of retired numbers in Vancouver. Uh, so it started with Stan Smeal, and his number was retired in 1991. So to put that in a frame of reference, Trevor Linden had just been drafted. I think Pavel Bury might have just arrived uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Or something like that. That was the era, right? Uh, Linden, his number was next. And his number wasn't retired until 2008. So it went from 1991 to 2008 before the first and the second number were retired. Marcus Naslin got in there in 2010. So 2010, that was not too long, really, when you think about it, not too long after the West Coast Express years were over and done with, right? 2010, when do we think of as the West Coast Express? 2003, like that's that's kind of like the, when you think about the one they... Yeah, they kind of died during the lockout. They kind of, yeah, they died during the lockout. That's a good way to put it. So it was like, you know, six or seven years after that, 2010. Pavel Bure goes up in 2013, and then it was seven more years until both the Twins retired, uh, their numbers were retired in 2020. So if you look at the history of it and the way the team has progressed through different owners and different levels of accomplishment, you know, if Stan Smeal had played for the team in the last 20 years and not in the 80s, I'd wager a fair bit of money that his number wouldn't be retired today. It wouldn't be an obvious retirement. Now, you just have to sometimes accept that 
um, franchises develop in a certain way. And sometimes when a franchise doesn't have much success in the first, you know, two decades, which they the Canucks make, didn't, for example. They make some success out. They look at the players that did still mean a lot to them. And they don't necessarily have to have the bar that the Montreal Canadiens have. Uh, or the most successful franchises have. And they retire numbers because Stan Smeal still still does mean a lot to the franchise. I mean, he's still working for the franchise, and he was the heart and soul of a team that made a plucky run to the Stanley Cup final in 1982. But I don't think anyone was sitting there going, you know, Stan Smeal, like, you got to retire that number. I mean, sure. he, 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 was, he was just – it's just different. There are different levels of – accomplishment that get their numbers retired for franchises. Uh, Luongo's strongest argument to have his number retired, and it's a very strong argument, and it's the one that a lot of people were making yesterday, is that he played his best years in Vancouver. Can we agree on that? Yes. And now he's in the Hall of Fame. No other Hall of Famers who played their best years in Vancouver have had to settle for the Ring of Honor. Bure, Hall of Fame, number in the rafters. Sedins, Hall of Fame, numbers in the rafter. Have there been other Hall of Famers that have played for the Canucks and don't have their numbers retired? Yeah, Matt Sundin, Cam Neely, Mark Messier, even Igor Larionov, all those guys had their num- had their best days outside of the Vancouver Canucks. Like, Larionov was good for the Canucks, but I think most people in the NHL remember him for his days with the Detroit Red Wings, and frankly, internationally might be his best calling card for the Hall of Fame. So why isn't Luongo getting his number retired? Let's go through a few potential reasons. Okay. My contract sucks. A very famous quote that he delivered. The trade request back to Florida, his decision to retire and leave the Canucks with a cap recapture penalty. Mm-hmm. Maybe retiring Roberto Luongo's number could be seen as some sort of slight to Kirk McLean, who also wore number one. Or, finally, maybe the Canucks don't want to share Luongo's retired number with Florida, where he played more NHL games and the Panthers have retired his number. But So essentially what, what this argument lays out is that for his on-ice performance, his number should absolutely be retired. But there are a variety of off-ice reasons why it might not have been retired. That's fair to say, right? On merit, in terms of how he played as a Canuck, he should be up there. But there's a lot of exten- extenuating circumstances off the ice that suggest otherwise, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes in like parliament or like one of those town halls where speakers are allotted a few minutes, <laughs> I want to cede my time to Gregory Ballack, aka Laddie, because I like, you know what? I got, I actually cared about something this week in Canada soccer. I, now that's done. I don't care about anything anymore. My heart is dead. Uh, you are, you're very passionate about this. And I feel like in order to make sure that you get your point across, I'm going to remove my time and give it to you. It's my gift to you, Greg. Wow, I don't have to shout things like a backbencher now. You don't. You're just right up there. <laughs> As they say in Parliament, go off, young king. Oh, sure. I didn't know that was a parliamentary term. It's not really. <laughs> they added it this year. 
Well, I don't know what you want me to say other than, you know, Jason laid it out pretty pretty speak, well. You know what? Speak from the heart. Why are you so pissed off that Luongo's not going into the, or sorry, Rafters number retired? Well, I'm, I'm a goalie guy through and through. I think everyone knows that. And I didn't grow up in Vancouver, so I've, you know, taking this stance, I've been called a Luongo fanboy and, you know, all the, the, the people have been coming at me for that. But mm-hmm. I honestly didn't have much of a connection to the guy. I my first year covering the team was his last on the team. So, so you I have some object objectivity. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I do at least a little bit, maybe the, the goalie bias comes in, but I, I just, I can't wrap my head around somebody having the numbers that he does being a, you know, I called him a generational talent on, on Twitter. And when you break it down by era, he was, he was a top five guy right. of his era. I don't know what other position you would look at a top five player and be like, no, no not, not generational. He was statistically. He was, the off-ice stuff that you mentioned is the only thing that's holding him out of the having his number retired, in my opinion. And to me, that seems a little petty. I don't, I don't know why you would let those reasons get in the way from being a, a laughing stock from the rest of the league. Because I, I was looking at Twitter of of other fan bases reacting to the news, and overwhelmingly, it's like, what are the Canucks doing? Like, what? Yeah. Why? Everyone was thinking that. So it just, to me, it makes zero sense optically. And I feel like if you really are worried about Kirk McLean being slighted by all of this, have a joint ceremony. Have them both there. I'm sure Kirk would love to be on the stage there with Roberto and, and raise that number one to the, the rafters and say, hey, our, our two best goalies in franchise history, they both wore this number. Hmm. We're putting an end to I it. I think that would create more problems. Then you'd be Why? Like, well, because like- McLean isn't in the Hall of Fame. And then you'd be like, like well, people would be like, Luongo's way better than McLean. You're or some people- the number. You're not retiring it. You know, just for Luongo at that yeah, point, no, it's no. it's your your best goalies both wore this number. Why wouldn't you want to they, honor they, both of and them? And then they take the rope together and slowly raise it to the rafters as one. It would be a that beautiful be a moment. moment. Yeah. Um, can we play the audio from Kevin Woodley? Kevin Woodley, NHL.com and InGoal Magazine was on the uh, was Sat and Dan yesterday on Canucks Central, and as you might expect, uh, Woodley was pretty fired up about this decision. Uh, let's just hear from the man himself as he talks about uh, Roberto Luongo going into the ring of honor and not having his number retired by the Vancouver Canucks. I was waiting to come on the air with you guys and I saw the announcement and I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this because I'm obviously biased. Yeah. Um, this was the best generation of Canucks hockey by a long shot, if you ask me. And he was the backbone of it. And I like, I just, I, I have trouble with this not being retired. I'm going to be honest with you. So what you're saying is Roberto Luongo's number should be retired and he's more than just a ring of honor type of guy. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like insults the wrong word. Cause it's still an honor. It's absolutely an honor. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's an honor that falls short of the standard he set here of the fact that he's the winningest goalie in franchise history and the only one in the hockey hall of fame. And that the only other guy who's in the Hockey Hall of Fame who left under, I would argue, even more acrimonious terms yep. um, is also hanging in the rafters. Beret's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is you know this is a guy who um, is you know maybe not on the Mount Rushmore, but certainly on the Mount Rushmore of his generation um, of goaltenders who was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I just mm-hmm. yeah, like and so I don't want to be offended if he's not, but I'm offended. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's a tough one because you don't want to, you know, because he, he's maybe he's very honored by it, and that and and this is more than enough, and that's great. But as a as somebody who watched that and watched the standard he set and lived up to, 
um, and raised the bar here in terms of expectations, the way he talks about the Sedins, the way the Sedins talk about him. Um, you know, to me, Roberto Luongo should be hanging with the Sedins, and and that's where that belongs, frankly. Luongo was such a complicated figure in Vancouver for so many years. He created more headlines and storylines than any athlete in this city's history. I challenge you to find me an athlete that created more mini soap operas or major soap operas. You know what's funny? I've thought about this a few times because you always mention it. The only one that would have been in the conversation is also a guy that has his jersey retired, and that's Pavel Bure. Yeah. That's it. My question for you guys and Laddie. Yes. Um, how is Marcus Nazan's jersey retired, but not Luongo's? Because Luongo was just as good for just as long in I Vancouver. Bet, I bet if they had a chance to do a do-over, they'd maybe be like, the maybe, maybe the offside, the off-ice stuff. Maybe Luongo didn't have. I don't know if you, how you compare that, but like, how is Nazan up there? And Luongo is it? It makes zero sense to me. Well, what I was going to say was that Luongo has been such a complicated figure in Vancouver that it's you know you think of all the arguments and debate that this guy created over the years that it's almost fitting that this might be the yeah, that, like this right, might be right. the last thing that's Luongo related that the Canucks have to decide on and even that is a controversy like it is i mean it's almost it's almost poetic it's almost poetic yeah, yeah. that like they can't even honor him without it being a conversation with people without people debating being a controversy, you know h- how good he really was and you have some people you know that are like Laddie's just like I cannot wrap my head around He's this in the decision. Hockey Hall of Fame. And other people are kind of they've just got this feeling they're just like yeah, just I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh but uh, Andy you raised the question of of Marcus Naslin and for me the previous decision that makes this decision the hardest is Naslin yeah. getting his number retired. Yeah, Naslin's you know, up there, Luongo should be up the there. The Smeal one, stop. the Smeal one is understandable yes. because the franchise, as we mentioned, had achieved so little early on. But when Naslin got his number retired, things had changed and the bar had been raised. Uh, and you can't tell me, you just cannot tell me that Naslin had a more impressive career as a Canuck than a first ballot Hall of Famer like Luongo that spent a considerable amount of of time with the Canucks. He only played four more seasons in, in the in yeah, Florida. Not, I counted, I counted yeah. them up. It's not even that big of a stretch. It's it's not. I mean, Naslin was here for, what, 11 years and Luongo was eight, something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is the complicated one. And this is, you know, you mentioned right off the top how we, we didn't really have much to talk about today. It's like the Canucks are kind of in a holding pattern right now, and at least the, that's the way it seems because they can't really – make any big trades maybe you're kind of just waiting for the new year until the Bo Horvat situation really there there's pressure on that they're kind of just you know they're winning some and they're losing some and tonight it's the Florida Panthers are in town and even though Luongo and the Sedins are being honored tonight it's kind of like yeah we've run through the honors like they just gone into the Hall of Fame so mm-hmm. we did that then This is always perfect fodder for Sports Talk Radio because there are so many factors to consider. You have the obvious one. It's the performance of the player. You think about the memorable moments, also the infamous ones, uh, his relationship with the fans, how he arrived, how long he stayed, and perhaps most controversially, how that player 
left the city of Vancouver. And even after all that is carefully considered, even after you've weighed it all, some people still just disagree because they're kind of like, yeah, I know all that, but I've just got this gut feeling in my stomach that I don't want this guy's number retired, or I do want this guy's number retired. To me, it's almost like self-sabotage, though. Like you, You spend all these years and these decades calling yourself a goalie graveyard, and then you're handed a Hall of Fame goaltender who breaks almost every record that your team has, and this is how you choose to honor him. You don't give him the highest honor. You just say, eh. Good enough for the Ring of Honor. Here's a question that I'm going to You deserve leave. everything you get, here's honestly. A, here's you deserve a que- everything you get. Okay. <laughs> here's a question that I'm going to leave the listeners with because we got some time on the other side to keep debating this, and also we'll preview tonight's Canucks game against the Panthers and look at where they are right now. Would Luongo's number be retired if the Canucks had won Game 7 against the Boston Bruins? I know the answer, but we'll hold it for the other side. Don't go anywhere. The debate rages on right here. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet, 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Rebound to Troy Stetcher. Granlin robbed by Luongo. And the Panthers clear the puck down the ice. What a save by Roberto Luongo. 6.34 on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Brother of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we've got a big, big show today. I just want to throw that out there. Have we mentioned that we're doing another ticket giveaway, A-Dog? No, we haven't. We're doing another ticket giveaway. Can you set that up for the people? With yes. a little bit more detail. We're doing another ticket giveaway. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, for what game? That's important. <laughs> Come on, big guy. Uh, yeah, best what we learned, and you'll get a pair of tickets to the Canucks-Coyotes game on Saturday. Right, the barn burner that's yeah. known as the Canucks-Coyotes Nobody's game. Uh, that, nobody's texting That can't be a, the second of a doubleheader on Hockey Night in Canada, is I it? I think it is, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the Canucks are playing. Poor Canada. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are you not excited for Connects Coyotes? What are you, what are you getting at? But hey, enter to win the tickets. You could go. Okay. Uh, it is time now. Very quickly, we're going to dive into a soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed. Then we're going to get back uh, to the Canucks conversation, Luongo, Ring of Honor, et cetera, et cetera. This is your home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. But Canada is half an hour away from kicking off against Morocco uh, for their final match at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. This is the soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. For this report, I will let you know that the uh, starting 11s are in. Let's go to Canada. Two notable absences. Right in the middle of the park, the engine room. Ativa Hutchinson won't start. The 38, soon to be 39-year-old. I think Uh, he is 39. 39-year-old in the middle of the park for the first two matches starting on the bench today. Uh, more interestingly, I think, is that Stefan Eustachio, the uh, Porto midfielder, who was instrumental in qualifying and was also in the midfield for the first two matches, isn't even on the team selection sheet at all. Yeah, and I wonder if John Herdman had a little discussion with Porto. Yeah, and Porto Port- gave him a call. Porto was like, hey, we need this guy. It was the Jim Rutherford. They're like, no, 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 that's not happening. So uh, Eustachio won't feature in this match, which I'm sure is at some level a disappointment to him because having read a lot of what came out of the Canadian camp yesterday, um, 
from an emotional standpoint, there's still a lot invested in this match. Rightfully so. Mm -hmm. I mean, World Cup happens once every four years. It's a match at the World Cup. There were apparently, there was apparently at least one player who actually went to Herdman and said, look, if this is about either getting a result or keeping a result or me getting an appearance in this match, put the team first. Because Herdman was saying there's so many guys that have gone on this flight to Qatar that probably aren't going to get to see the pitch at all. And it got him a little emotional, right? He's very invested in this 26-man group and well, all that they've done through qualifying. But the reality is, as much as it might feel hollow to some, they can still make a statement today. That is without question. Yep. They can still... Um, and it's got to be beyond putting well, a good for foot the, for, forward. They're looking for their first win. They're looking for their first tie. Yes. In World Cup history, they're they're 0 for 5 so far. So we'll keep monitoring the uh, results from uh, the Canada match. And also, I'm, I'm curious to see who goes through. Uh, is it going to be Belgium and Croatia or Belgium and Morocco or Croatia and Morocco? Uh, God, wouldn't it be funny if Croatia didn't go through? I, yeah, it would be, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, it's it's certainly possible. If Belgium beats Croatia and Morocco beats Canada, Belgium Croatia not, would not go through. No, I know. Yeah. Bel Belgium has to win. Belgium's really, Belgium hasn't looked good. Really poor. Also, there's a North American NHL-style debate going on in Belgium. Is play the kids. Right. Because Belgium does have a lot of good young players. Play Goldobin. Right. Like there's, it's not quite Goldobin. The guys have more potential and, quite frankly, can actually play at this level. But mm -hmm. the young guys that they've got, uh, they showed glimpses in 2018 when they brought them in, guys like Doku and things like that. Um, but it's been always deferring to the vets, the yeah. golden generation. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens. This soccer report was brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Okay, so we left you going to break with one pressing question, courtesy the pressing question master, Jason Bruff. If the Canucks had won the Stanley Cup in 2011, and if Roberto Luongo had backstopped them to the first ever Stanley Cup in franchise history, would he have been a retired jersey as opposed to a soon-to-be inductee into the Ring of Honor? We're going to go around the table here at Sportsnet 650. We'll begin with you, A-Dog. I'll start by asking the question again. If the Canucks had won the Stanley Cup, would Luongo be... Uh, among the jerseys retired, would number one be in the rafters? Yes, absolutely unequivocally. <laughs> I like that word. Uh, absolutely. I'm a professional. Uh, yes, <laughs> he would totally be retired 100% for sure if the Canucks had won the cup full stop. Absolutely. Laddie? I'm not going to try to say that word. but uh, Unequivocally. I... <laughs> there's no B in there. There's no, it's, it's, there's no B in unequivocally. Oh, okay. unequivocally, unequivocally, yeah, there you there go, you go. unequivocally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, Lalani's saying yes. Yes, I he would be it... up there if they won it, but he, uh, that should not be a prerequisite. I might add to that. Well, it would help. The obvious answer, I think, is yes, because I think things would have gone so much differently after they won the Stanley Cup as well. It wouldn't just be that he's got the Stanley Cup. Like, how can you not retire the number of this Hall of Famer that won? the franchise, the first ever Stanley Cup. It really is incredible when you look back on the last decade or so, how much one game at the end of the day determined. Like if they had won that, is there any way Tortorella's ever coaching the team? Uh, is there any way? Not within two years. Yeah, is there any way Mike Gillis um, was fired when he was fired? Is there any way that ownership would have lost trust in Mike Gillis? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it could have happened. I mean, there 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 might have been other quote unquote bad things that might have happened in the years after they won the Stanley Cup. Look at the Seattle Seahawks, for example, right? Like they won the Super Bowl and then one year later the franchise was kind of flung into this, oh, wait a minute, I thought things were going to be great forever, and, right. and they weren't really. Like, their relationships were fractured, you know, for, for different reasons. You, you can't necessarily chart out this this wonderland um, future where nothing goes wrong just because the Canucks win that Game 7. Mm-hmm. But they'd have that Stanley Cup banner up there, and they couldn't change that, and I'm pretty sure Luongo would be in there. The answer is obviously yes, but it does open up this huge Pandora's box in which you have to ask the question, uh, how many guys from that 2011 team would have their numbers retired if they won the Stanley Cup? Because all of a oh, sudden— I don't think they would have retired any other numbers besides— I bet the—, the Don't enti- say Kessler. Yep, I bet the entire no, Kessler narrative no. would have changed if they won the Stanley Cup. Mm, yep. Not the entire. If you're going to do the knock-on effect, the butterfly effect thing, then you have to say that his course of action might have been altered as well. The perceptions of him might have been altered. Because remember, here's the the question I always wonder is... If I think his I... play would have fallen off, though. You know? Like, his play overall would have fallen off because his injuries were still there. Yeah, but at what point? And it's also in that run. Well, too. when it did. It yeah. fell off pretty soon. But after. that's fine. But you could have made the case that if he had... Let's say... That he had tacked on, I don't know, three or four more years. So all the games played, all the points, everything else. I, and here, the question I always wonder, and I, I've never, I don't think we've had this conversation. If the Canucks had won in 2011, who would the Con Smythe winner have been? Because their leading scorer was never had this convo. I feel like I don't think I've ever had this convo. I well, I personally haven't. I'm too busy focused. On I'm sure you like have, soccer but you don't potatoes. remember it. Because um, Henrik was their leading scorer. So that's kind of the obvious de facto one. I don't think it would have been Luongo because it's the playoffs MVP. It's not the finals MVP. Yeah, he was good in the playoffs, though. But he got, I mean, how many, how many Conn Smythe winning oh, goalies true. got pulled? Got pulled. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. During their Stanley Cup run. Maybe right? Kessler. Maybe it would have been Kessler. Kessler won a round all his own yeah. against Nashville, and he was pretty good, but he was about. I don't know, sixth or seventh in scoring. Maybe they, it would have been one of those ones where there's like, we're still giving it to Tim Thomas. Mm, I don't know. That would have been hilarious. The Canucks win yeah. the Stanley Cup, but we 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 we're still looking for our first Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Yeah. So I mean, but that's the obvious <laughs> question: is like, let's in this hypothetical world with the butterfly effect and the knock-on effect and everything, they win the Stanley Cup. Let's say, for sake of argument, Kessler wins a Conn Smythe. Seventeen is up in the raft. At that point, at that point, at that point, there's probable yes, right? But it's not going to happen now, obviously, because they didn't win and. Kessler is now at times. What a world! It's like that the world without lawyers. You know, if <laughs> what a different world it would be. Kessler would be just a, a well-loved ex-player. They're all yeah. holding yeah. hands, dancing around in a flower field together. I love Boston's this. in flames. Yeah, I love this text from Brian in the van, who might be in a van. I'm not sure, or he's in Vancouver. Uh, I'd argue the Ring of Honor is more of an honor. There's only so much space on that ring. They could hang jerseys up there forever. It's true. Yeah, that's the way they should. That's the way, that's how they spin it that's tonight. The way they look, should. we're getting pretty full, but we put you up there, <laughs> the so ring. it's got to mean something, right? The ring. And look at the fun. We Chris gave Higgins, you a big you're going fun. Up. Yeah, the ring is finite. The uh, arena is <laughs> infinite. Yeah, Kurtenbach takes up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. as soon as we put that guy's name up there, I mean, I mean, we, put, we put banners up for everything. We put one up for not blowing a lead the other day. That, that's up there now. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to play out tonight. Okay, honestly. but now you got to answer my question that yes, I asked you yes. during break because you didn't actually give oh, your at the opinion. End, at, right at the end of, to put a bow on the conversation. Well, yeah, Sorry, I want to know lead, what you guys think. I'll lead the roundtable again. I'll steal Andy's. Andy's What's question. the question again? Uh, at the end of the day, if you had a vote, would you put? Would you retire Luongo's number or not? It's just a yes or no, real straightforward, Andy. Yeah. You, so you'd have number one. Yes, I would retire his number. Okay. Uh, Laddie, I think I know your answer. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Jason. I'll you. I'm still thinking. Yeah, I would. My it, it, In the end, it comes down to this. If he was a Hall of Fame player and he spent the best parts of his career and near a decade in your market, you should you should recognize that by putting his jersey in the rafters. Yeah. Come on. Be the dissenting vote. I'm, I'm, well, I'm the dissenting uh feeling right like the i go with I, your gut the the gut that my gut feel is just still because this is such a personal thing right it's a personal thing there there's no one in canucks history that made me more nervous for a big game than roberto luongo right mm-hmm. and so often and i will say so often it happened quite a few times where he didn't play very well in a big game or he got lit up in a big game so that's always been my thing. And there, if the guy that's listening that goes ballistic every time I criticize Luongo is listening, good. I'm glad you're listening. I hope you have a bad day. <laughs> but, you know, I think ultimately uh, my head would win this argument over my, my gut because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So is that a yes or no? Yeah, I think I would ultimately vote to have his number retired. This should sway the conversation right here. But maybe it should, but maybe the fact that I have these doubts means that he shouldn't have his number retired. Do you know what I mean? Like the Sedins for me were like, yeah, yeah, put him up there, right? Mm -hmm. Then they didn't win the Stanley Cup either. And they didn't play particularly well against the Boston Bruins either. Correct. Right? How did you feel about Burry? They didn't come through. What was your thoughts on Burry going up? Uh, Burry Burry for me had to go up because he should have gone up right away. He was their first ever legit superstar. The fact it took that long was insane. And the fact, and he changed the franchise. And I thought, and I thought Lyndon should have gone up as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't around when they, uh, you know, like when Stan Smeal was playing, but I understand that where the, the one I have a problem with is Naslin. Agreed. Right. So with Naslin being up there, that might be another thing that might convince me to, to vote Luongo. I'm kind of like, well, Naslin's up there, and you made that decision not too long ago. That decision was made in 2010. It wasn't like the Smeal decision that was made you know, a long time ago. Um, that one might be like, ah. You know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, when like <laughs> that Trevor Linden quote where he's like, I couldn't go into the dressing room and tell the Sedins I was going to tear it down. I was like, I couldn't go up to Roberto Luongo and say, you're only ring of honor when Marcus Naslin is up there. Yeah, um, I just make it a rule. If you're inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, the team has to retire your number. Just make that the rule, and it simplifies everything. Well, in, in practice, that's kind of the way it is. How, there's how there's only a handful of guys that aren't up in markets. That how much time do they have to play in the, in the market, though? I don't know, say five years, minimum. That seems very arbitrary. Uh, this is, I'm picking a number, but I mean, come on. If you're and if you're retiring the guys, if you, the guy's going in, in the, into the Hockey Hall of Fame and he played any significant amount of time for the team, like Longo did, then yes, you should retire his number. There's going like to be exceptions to this, and I'm going to go down this road. I for On the record, I want to preface this by saying I do believe that Pavel Bure should be have his number 10 in the Canucks Raptors. I also know that there's a lot of people in prominent positions some within the organization that think it never should have happened they yeah. think there should be three it should be linden 
Sedin, Sedin. Because of the off-ice off stuff, how he left Not the team. Not off-ice stuff. He requested a trade and then yeah. sat in Russia for months. Yeah. And then really, like, ripped the franchise apart because there were fans that were so enamored with the first ever superstar in franchise history saying, I'm out. I don't want any part of this anymore. And he just sat and didn't play. And, for, and I mean, that's the thing. You go back through the annals of Canucks history, There's that's a singular moment, singular instance, where the best player in franchise history sat out, refused to play. Yeah, there was a riff there, for sure. When you wrote that book with Drance, uh, what was it called again? Uh, 100 Things Canucks. 100 Things to Read on the Toilet About the Canucks or something like that? Yeah, basically. Okay. Shorthand, yeah. Um, Did you kind of have a new appreciation for that Pavel Bure time because you had to go back and, and research it and remember all the moments that happened with it because See, for me okay. that's a little fuzzy it, because you, you were kind of younger che- but you were also check you t- that's the era in which jason was checked out of hockey a little bit it was late 90s early 2000s you've talked about this yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of lost interest in the team some didn't i mean that was when i was in grade 10 11 12 and first year of university and i distinctly remember that it was a massive massive deal because we just hadn't seen anything like it before. And yeah. how often does it happen in hockey? I guess Drake Batherson's doing it right now. Who's the guy that's holding? Formanton. Formanton. <laughs> Not Batherson. Formanton in Ottawa. Nowhere near the caliber of player. But you also got to remember that uh, guys just didn't do that a whole hell of a lot mm-hmm. in the NHL. You showed up and you played and you put on your work boots. And even if you had strife off the ice, you always put in a shift on the ice. And I do. And the other thing with regards to that era. It does kind of get lost in terms of impact and significance because the franchise was a tire fire at that point. Yeah, It coincided with the Messier acquisition, the Keenan era, trading Linden. It all kind of gets lumped into this one five-year window of dysfunction yeah. where everything went wrong, right? Like, I, if you were to ask a lot of people the timeline on that, I'm sure they'd have a hard time remembering exactly what the timeline was, Yeah, right? Also in that era, which gets totally lost a lot of times, is that McGillney was here. Right, and McGillney was when the McGillney Burre thing was supposed to be the twin towers vaulting this team to the next level, and it went so pear shaped. And they're like one good year together. I think McGillney got like fifty five goals in his first. They year were the yeah, like yeah, that. but but it just all like you want to talk about. There's a guy that should be in the hockey hall of fame, and that's a whole other story. McGillney. That is absolutely. I can't believe McGillney's not. Well, in we there talk yet. we talk about the knock on effect from 2011 and how the t- the team kind of had like a nervous breakdown collectively and the organization was, I mean, after 94, you know, you look at what happened in the four or five years following that they really fell apart. Mm -hmm. It's hard mentally to get that close, not win. And then either try and ratchet it up again with the same group or resist the temptation to do what they did, which was every move was destined to put them over the top. Right. McGillney, Messier. And then when that all failed, and then at the, and everyone's getting older at the same time. And then when that failed, yeah. it was this huge teardown. And you know, Keenan, my God, like if you go through the annals of what he did here, I mean, so much of a quote unquote legacy left over a really short period of time, to be honest. So as you look back, there are some people that are saying, look, if you ever, ever stop showing up to work and demand that they move you, that should preclude you from ever being celebrated and honored in this way. That's why it took so long. And to be honest. It took an entirely new regime, executive, and ownership group to come in after everything that happened with Burray to say, okay, let's try and do this now, mm-hmm. right? So are you saying that'll happen long ago, five, ten years from now, potentially? With well, no, because now they've made this decision. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess you can. You can't be like, oh, okay. it's like slightly move it up. Sorry, get up just a little bit. It's not like getting called up from the American. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to paper Luongo up to the rafters. Imagine they did, though. That's not gonna work. So it's it's. They should. You should be able to make trades between <laughs> the rafters and that the Ring of ama- Honor. That would be amazing. It's slowly during the game. Hopefully nobody notices. <laughs> Naslin picks up his phone, and they're like, "This is gonna be an awkward phone call." But <laughs> you've been traded to yeah. the Ring of Honor. Yeah. So, but you know, I had a no move clause. <laughs> you they. But here's the thing: they very much could have made this about. Um, selectivity and really putting the bar very high. And it would have been just Linden and the Sedins, right? Because that's kind of the all-encompassing. When you say, what did it mean to be a Canuck? Yeah. You would say, well, first it was Trevor Linden. Oh, I would say first it's Smeal. Right. But the difference with Smeal is that at the end of the day, you look back reflexively and you're like, I don't know if he should be up there. I don't think anyone ever said that with Linden. Uh, Yeah. You just said it earlier in the show. Yeah, I guess. I I maybe don't have a... You know what? I'd have to look at the. I just don't know Smeal's statistical profile next to Trevor Linden. Even if you wanted to uh, put Smeal in the conversation, and that's fine because he. I do think there's something to be said for a guy that continues on his legacy working for the team. I think that's important. Yeah. I think there's something about being a great NHL player and then being a great Canuck that mm-hmm. there's differences in that. Yep. And I think that maybe they miss the mark a little bit because right now the guys in the Raptors are a mix of that. Right? Linden is a great Canuck. Burray is a great NHL player. There's a difference between the two. So there should be a Ring of Honor 2, you're saying? Like an extra edition? A Ring 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 of of Honor 2. Ring of Honor 2. There we go. Ring of Honor Junior. For for you, Halford, what is the one number you look up there and say, I don't understand why that number is up there? Is it Nasdaq? None of them, really. I get why they're all up there. Do you agree with Naslin being nope. up there? Yeah. But I, I understand why they did it. And I think it was because like we need to somehow celebrate this era right. of Canuck lore. My biggest problem with uh, the West Coast Express era is they never played in a huge game. Huge, massive game. Right? Smeal played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Linden played in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Sedins played in the Stanley Cup well, Finals. Burray played in the Stanley There's Cup Finals. There's always Finals. always been that debate if the West Coast Express had a goalie, they might have won a cup. Right, they were like they were so good everywhere else. Yeah, I mean that that but that's sports sometimes, right? Yep. Like that's you just don't, you know. For me, that the the West Coast Express era, while it brought me back to the Canucks and it was really exciting. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was totally unfulfilled. Yeah, I'll in just, terms of playoffs. But I think what we're kind of getting at here is that um, part of the reason that it's so maddening and also so entertaining to talk about is because there's we don't know the criteria. And to be honest, I don't think there ever has been one. No, I don't. I think, I think over the course of 50 years, I don't think it's a spreadsheet that they've put together. Like check, 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 check. But It's also like this, this goes all the way to the highest arches of the organization. Mm -hmm. And there's been different ownership groups. Yeah. So it, it becomes almost a flavor of the month, depending on who's in charge. Yeah. General managers, senior executives, they all change. Opinions change. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you'd. You know, if you'd have asked me right after the Canucks lost to the Boston Bruins, if Luongo should have, would you see his number ever being retired in Vancouver? I'd been like, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, yeah. right? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, it's crazy, and and I know Laddie will go nuts with me, and and the big Luongo fans will go nuts with me, but like, 
I had hard feelings over the way that Stanley Cup final with went with Luongo. Yeah. The way he uh the way he played in certain games, although he did play well in other games, the way he um addressed the media and created all those unnecessary headlines. My contract sucks. Uh I didn't so much mind that one. That was that was kind of funny and but but I definitely grew in my admiration for Luongo in the years after that. Right. But we, I mean, we'll go back to what we said. It's a, such a complicated legacy. It is. But it we'll, is such a complicated But if you one. want to not complicate it, make it as simple as possible. And I think, uh, now push back on this because I don't care if we're late. We can go up against it. Uh, Luongo's jersey not being retired is because of the off-ice stuff, not the on-ice stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. So, like, yeah. even though the play made you nervous, even, sure. though, even though the play made you nervous, and at times you're like, ah, he you know, the big game question mark, that didn't, that's not the reason. Like, that's just more oh, of no, a personal Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, for, for me, yeah. I think for the organization, that's the reason. For me, yeah. it always comes back to the games. Yeah. It always comes, no, no, no. The, like, don't get me wrong. No. I don't care as much about the off ice stuff. I, if I were Luongo, I probably would have requested a trade out of Vancouver, too. Mm-hmm. The way things went, the way things were going, the way things were trending. Right. But for me, the question was the question is there was just, I don't know. You know, when you play big games, it's almost unfair to those players because you're not going to be great in all of them. And people will remember the ones that you're bad in. And unfortunately for Luongo, he had some bad games and some big moments. He had a bunch against the Chicago Blackhawks and a bunch against the Boston Bruins. But I think my head. When I my 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 brain, my small small brain, mm-hmm. still looks at the first ballot Hall of Famer thing, right? And it's able to override that and say, yeah, the Ring of Honor probably isn't enough of an honor for him. Uh, coming up on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650, we're going to dive into the Canucks and the Panthers tonight's game at Rogers Arena. Uh, George Richards from Florida Hockey Now is going to join us at seven. Brendan Bachelor at seven thirty. That's all coming up. More Canucks talk here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.